Welcome to the Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast, covering agriculture and all things related in East Carroll, Madison, Tinsall, Concordia, and Catahoula Parishes. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast. My name is Kylie Miller and today's episode, um, I have a special guest with me, Dr. Bobby Swallow. Say hello, Mr. Bobby. Hello. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about your Ag Leadership Program. Um, it's been around for quite some time, hasn't it? It has, and uh, I always appreciate this opportunity to mm-hmm. talk about the program uh, to any group that is listening and interested. Ag Leadership has been around since 1988. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when the first class began. So uh, it is a privately funded program. It uh, wasn't always that way, Mm -hmm. but uh, it has transitioned over the years. So we are really, in a lot of ways, we develop people in production agriculture. Mm -hmm. That could be a farmer, that can be a rancher, that can be a forester, that could be someone in natural resources, or someone in agribusiness. And that agribusiness can be a wide scale. It could be a crop consultant, it could be someone who works for Ag Chem Seed uh, Company. It could be someone who's a bank lender, right. uh, who has an agricultural portfolio. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, a lot of the times, as you probably have seen, a lot of those people are part-time producers. They are. Uh, and so our goal is to give them some of the skills that they need, some mm-hmm. knowledge that they need to become better leaders. Mm-hmm. And that can be in a whole host of areas. It could be in their community. It could be in their commodity. Mm -hmm. It can be in uh, a grassroots organization such as Louisiana Farm Bureau. It could be in benefit of, let's say, the Extension Service. We have a lot of our alumni that serve on uh, Extension Committees and so forth. Right, Dennis is um, past member as well, isn't he? That's right. Uh, Dennis was in Group 2. It's the only, (laughs) every other one says they're a class. That one calls themselves a group, and there's a specific story to that. Okay, I might have to ask that one. You'll have to ask Dennis that one. (laughs) And uh, everyone who might be listening from that group will understand, and they will appreciate that I say it that way. So, uh, but... He, uh, he understands uh, from going through the program mm-hmm. how it has evolved. And there are a lot of things that we still do that we did in the beginning of the program, mm-hmm. a lot of focus. We try to look at the big picture of agriculture. Mm-hmm. We try to give people a better understanding of agriculture as a whole in our state and also expand that to the country to a certain extent. Yeah, because y'all visit. Y'all make routine visits and... Well, we do, and we we do a we. I block the program into three different segments. We have what we call our in-state seminars, okay, and we travel around the state now. We used to do everything from Baton Rouge, and uh, that used to be the norm. And for someone who lives up in the Delta, you've probably traveled to Baton Rouge more than you wanted to. I can do it a couple times uh, a month. <laughs> so, uh, but what we wanted to do is to start going around the state. Mm-hmm. So they can have a better understanding of agriculture in the state. So we do a lot of stuff in a meeting room, just um, like we all do. We're educators. But at the same time, we get out in the field and look at things agriculturally. Mm -hmm. Uh, It could be a production facility. It could be a crop. uh, And what we try to accomplish in that is give them an opportunity to talk to the producer or someone else who's affiliated with that production Mm -hmm. 
to discuss why that is important and have them answer questions of our people. Mm -hmm. Because you know this, you're in agriculture, Mm -hmm. okay? Everyone in agriculture wants to know what someone else does. All the time. All the time. All the time. They want to know how it relates or does not relate to what they do. They just love asking questions of another producer. It is fascinating Mm -hmm. in that sense. And they get that opportunity to see something that they wouldn't see necessarily on their Mm -hmm. own unless they knew someone. And so we're giving them a better concept of the agriculture in the state. Mm -hmm. Now, I had a forester who told me, he said, uh, he has a lot of clients up here in the Delta. And he said, that used to be a boring drive. (laughs) He said, it's not anymore because I understand more of everything that's going growing. I love that. That's great. And so he, they learn to respect the other commodities and what they do and what they have to do. Mm-hmm. And you see that over and over mm-hmm. again. That and appreciation. That's... Very much. Very much so. And, you know, when we get in, uh, when we have our meetings, you know, we will might touch on a handful of issues that are really important in agriculture. Mm-hmm. And then we might have someone to talk about leadership in general. Uh, we might have uh, a setup to where we give them some skills to do something so that they can be better communicators of what they are passionate about. Mm-hmm. As an educator, I don't look at it as my role to tell them what to be passionate about. It's up to them to figure that out. It's up to me to make them think critically about that. Yeah. And that's my role as an educator. And so um, I come from a communications background. I'm real comfortable doing this right <laughs> now for that right. reason. Yeah. I used to work behind the scenes the whole time. But this is very, uh, it's very comfortable for me, which it's very uncomfortable for them. It because is, yeah. Because they're having to get in front of an audience for the first time. It was hard for me. I mean, it's a huge that's learning exact, curve. It's a huge learning no curve background. for everyone. Yeah. And so how do you do it? How do you get better? And mm-hmm. I think you always have to get better. I constantly, I tell them, I, I'll, I'll say this, every once in a while I'll still videotape myself <laughs> doing a presentation and go back and look at it as painful as it is yeah (laughs) because we are our own worst critic and so what we want to do is get them to the point where they're self-confident enough to Mm -hmm. get in front of a group Mm -hmm. because to me that's the biggest hurdle to face Mm -hmm. once you get them to that point they slowly get better the more they do it Mm -hmm. it's just human nature to get Mm -hmm. better at something the more often you Mm -hmm. do it and so they so many of them do such a great job of representing agriculture in so many ways mm-hmm. that they have become great spokespeople for Louisiana agriculture. Mm-hmm. And so that, to me, is a critical aspect of the program, how you represent others because you have gone through this program. Mm-hmm. So that's what the really nuts and bolts of the program is in terms of our in-state seminars. Right. Uh, you know, we have two national trips in okay. our program, and we just finished with one with the current class. We actually flipped our trips because of COVID. Yeah. You know, we've had to deal with all that just like everyone else. Uh, but we took our group to Montana uh, to see some agriculture up there and learn about some issues. 
Ironically, you would never think there are some similar issues, but the people in the Delta will understand this. Just think about black bear. Mm -hmm. Think about the growing population. Mm -hmm. Think about the Endangered Species Act. Now, turn that to a grizzly bear. Mm -hmm. And you have the same situation, yet it's become more contentious. Right. Because the grizzlies will take out some livestock. Mm-hmm. And They're a lot not more just aggressive, some. yeah, than ours. And so it's a whole different situation. Mm -hmm. And you start listening to them talk about those issues. Labor is the same everywhere. I'm just going to tell you that right now. I can relate, yeah. And so... Uh, the labor issues in agriculture, that does not change. It does not matter what commodity it is. It, it does not change. Mm -hmm. And so they find this out. They'll ask questions like, for example, they were asking everyone who irrigated if it's challenging to get your water. And then, interestingly enough, everyone in Montana that was irrigating said, no, that's not a problem. <laughs> and they're sitting there going, okay, that's kind of interesting because... We've all heard about all the contentious issues on how to use water, mm -hmm. where you get your water from, those type things. So you didn't always see irrigation. You know, it's a real dry state. So, you know, for example, the tillage systems that they use look a little different than ours. Mm -hmm. They do a lot of conservation tillage, but it's more to save water and conserve water than anything else. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to get water off the field often more than anything else that's mm -hmm. not always the case no, but, but and as you know dennis talks about water and efficient <laughs> use of water all the time and in a year like this where we're just sky high in terms of our rainfall that you know that that topic's out the window yeah. right now so you know those type of issues we try to bring to them mm -hmm. and they get to meet people in another state that grow different crops they get to see crops that are really unique. So mm -hmm. they got to see, you know, they got to see sugar beets. They got to see um, a sheep operation, mm -hmm. probably on the prettiest ranch you'll ever see. I can see. only imagine it was, there. It was, it was pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. And ironically, there was a wildfire within 50 miles from there. And Smoke so, and everything. Uh, you couldn't see it that day, but mm -hmm. the day before, it actually uh, had flowed all the way to Billings, uh, mm -hmm. Montana. So we were about 30, 40 miles outside of Billings okay. when we saw that. Yeah. So, you know, those issues, it's a very dry climate. Mm -hmm. So, hence, yeah. fires are a real big issue. Yeah. And, you know, you learn about how they deal with their issues, what are their primary issues, and things of that nature. You learn to see which commodities have more struggle with labor as compared to others. So, for example, we're up in the Great Falls area, and they have uh, a lot of uh, pulse crops. So that'd be like lentils, peas, um, chickpeas, mm -hmm. things of that nature. And they also have some all seed crops. We were on a 6,000 acre farm and it was just a husband and wife and that was it. And the only time they need extra labor is harvest time. Amazing. 6,000 acres. That's amazing. It is amazing. So you saw that there are some differences. And at the same time, that guy who was real heavily involved in the barley and wheat associations, uh -huh. uh, he had the pulse crops and barley and wheat. And super nice guy, he said, I took a trip to Georgia, 
And it really gave me appreciation. So I saw a cotton operation and I realized just how much equipment they had to use. And it gave me an appreciation for how they are specialty in some of the farm policy. Mm -hmm. And you would never know that had you not been able to see it. Exactly. So. And that's the mutual respect mm -hmm. that we strive to have amongst all of our commodities. Right. And you have them talk to each other as opposed to pointing the finger at each other. That's great. And so it leads on to, to me, the most important aspect of the program. And you ask any alum and they will tell you that this is really important. Uh, the networking that they get mm -hmm. for the rest of their careers is phenomenal. Yeah. And I would love to say as an educator that what they learn from me <laughs> is gold. <laughs> but what they learn from each other is far more than they ever learned from That's me. That's it, yeah. And you have to put them, you have to be aware of that and put them in that position so they can learn from each other. And as you know, producers love sharing with each other. Oh, absolutely. And they want to know why someone is doing what they're doing. They might not do it that way themselves, but they want to know why. Mm -hmm. uh, they're great problem solvers. They're great critical thinkers in a lot of ways. And I love that as an educator because my goal is to get our people to critically think mm -hmm. uh, in, you know, from an education standpoint and to put them together so they learn from each other. And that's where that mutual respect comes. And when you can sit down on the table and not shout at each other and really talk through an issue with each mm -hmm. other, you get a lot accomplished. Mm -hmm. And in, in a lot of ways, that's what we want from our people, to really learn to sit down and discuss the issues with each other and learn from each other and help each other. Yeah. And that way we can make agriculture more prominent in this state than it already is. And continue that. Yeah. So, you know, those national trips are important. Uh, the Mont that was the first time we've taken the class to Montana. We've taken a number of classes to California. It's just good to see a different state, different crops. And the other trip that we do nationally is Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. And so that's about the federal legislative process. Can, yeah. And so we go meet lobbyists. We go meet... Um, People are pro-agriculture and sometimes even someone who's negative against agriculture. And then we go to the Hill. And I refer to that in many ways as a process trip. I, I want them to understand the process of lobbying on behalf of something that's important to them. Mm -hmm. And some of our people will tell you that they never thought they'd go back again. And lo and behold, they're back often. And uh, I think... You look at all the larger commodities in this state and you get producers to go do fly-ins. They've been doing them via Zoom and Microsoft Teams over the last year and a half, mm -hmm. but they're gonna start doing fly-ins again and meet people face-to-face. -face. And it's an important aspect. It's to, powerful. I mean, it's, I mean, you, you've got a face to the name. Well, Washington has a face to what they're you know. Well, you want your elected representatives to know who they are representing. Exactly, yeah. And so, uh, obviously, this district, uh, Congresswoman Letlow is sitting on the Ag Committee, and so she, I'm absolutely 100% certain she wants to meet everyone she can uh, 
mm-hmm. and know this from the people that I've talked to, that she is so good at listening to people, and that's important. Mm-hmm. So you have a voice, but there are other voices in our delegation, mm-hmm. and you want to convince those people that certain things are really important. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, that's the process of those trips. And so those national trips, I think, are vital for them to broaden their horizon. I've often said, wherever we live on a map, it represents a dot. And you ask yourself, is that your world? And if that's your world, you have a narrow view of the world. And what we want to do is broaden that world. And we broaden it nationally, and we ultimately broaden it internationally with our international trips. Mm -hmm. And so um, we've gone to a lot of different places. It's fascinating to see. some are more first world countries, some are third world, and uh, it's some is a mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always an interesting dynamic, but um, they're great learning experiences, and I think it lets our people really truly appreciate what they have in our country and the agriculture that we have in our country, uh, how modern our agriculture is in so many ways. Yeah. So. You know, we've visited a lot of different places, and they're really unique, each one. And so, really and truly, that's the nuts and bolts of the program. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, to me, the heart and soul of the program is the networking that those people get from each other and getting them together, whether it's on a trip or in a regular seminar. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a great opportunity for them to learn from each other. Yeah. So when will the next class be? I know well, you have a class in, going now. We have a class going now, and so we had to pause it uh, during COVID okay. for some time. Uh, we started getting them back together at the beginning of this year. So it's been delayed roughly a year total. So the next class will begin in January of 2023. Mm-hmm. That'll be class 18. So um, uh, it's... It's exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've already had some people reach out. We have some people on a waiting list. And uh, if, um, if you have someone listening right now and they were interested in it, um, what, what would you say to them? Well, uh, they can always contact me. Okay. Uh, and uh, they can go to lsuagcenter.com slash agleadership. Okay. And they can find our website and they can call me. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can, uh, I, I'm happy to travel anywhere, Kylie and talk to anyone about the program. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have to be on the phone. I can do it in person. Great. And uh, tell them a lot of what I'm telling you mm-hmm. right now. And then at the same time, I want uh, them to understand that it's a great opportunity. And I want them to know that there's a serious commitment, time commitment mm-hmm. for this. And that's one of the things I want to say about Class 17. I'm so proud of that group uh, that, that's currently going on because they have stuck it through. Uh, We did not lose anyone through COVID. Uh, We just had one person who got a job in another state, so they're having to leave the program, but you know, they were just terrific. And so just really proud of that group for sticking together and uh, you know, honoring not only the time commitment, but the extended time commitment now that they, mm-hmm. they are having to make. Have y'all had to modify it in the last year? or just? Well, we've done some different things, but we're back on our regular schedule okay. now. So uh, we're, we're on our regular seminar schedule, and we're going to have a – we're confident we're going to have a national trip in June. <laughs> 
and we're going to do everything we can to have everything on schedule from here on out is what we plan to do and we'll recruit a new class and we will have the applications out for the new class probably sometime in late may okay and uh hopefully uh We'll get our alumni back together again, and that's another aspect of this that I'd like to talk about sure, just for yeah. a moment. But because the Ag Leaders of Louisiana is the Alumni Association, mm-hmm. they're they're a nonprofit. They uh, have set aside a lot of money to help support the program, and uh, they've been an incredible support. Uh, most of our board of directors are alumni, and so we're grateful for them and the. Uh, LSU Ag Center people on the on the board of directors. They've been instrumental in how we have moved through this COVID mm-hmm. pandemic, and so uh, cannot thank them enough uh, with respect to that. You know, we're we're in the Delta, so Bobby Skeen is the president of the Alumni Association okay. with the Louisiana Cotton and Grain Association, and uh, the chair of our um, Board of Directors is Marty Woolridge mm-hmm. uh, out of uh, Caddo Parish. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's beef cattle producer out of Caddo Parish and can't thank them enough mm-hmm. for their support of the program. So um, they've been terrific. Um, and it's not just those two gentlemen, but so many others that are on the board and other people that have supported our program in so many ways. So mm-hmm. um, I just talked this uh, morning to an alum who's going to be one of our speakers. He's... Uh, he has since moved out of state, and he's going to drive in, That's great. and yeah. just to be with the group that morning. He and he just he told me he said I just love the program, mm-hmm. and so any way I can help, I will. And you know he's just been terrific, and you know I love that, and I love having alumni being a part of our seminars, um, whether they're hosting, cooking a meal for them, or whatever it might be, hosting them on their farm. There's just nothing like it, in my opinion. And so just really thankful for their support mm-hmm. uh, and their commitment to continuing the program the way it has. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's allowed us to really have a quality program that, uh, uh, in, in not just for this state, but we've been a really good representative program throughout the country. Yeah. And so really proud to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Well, um, that's all the questions I have, and I'm, I'm very grateful that you were in town today and was able to stop in, and uh, we wish you luck in your meeting tomorrow, and uh, if you, again, I'll, if you're interested or on the fence on joining, uh, reach out on our website and get that information, or talk to me or Dennis and our Mr. Ariel, and we'll get that application in your hand, and um, but, Mr. Bobby, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, and uh, I'll let you know when the application's out in May, and uh, you can uh, direct them on your podcast and Absolutely. any plug whatsoever. If It would be great if we could get some of, of your alumni on. That, uh, would be, that would be great. I think they would love that. <laughs> so. Well, anyway, thank you again. Thank you, Kylie. The Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast is produced by the LSU Ag Center Extension Service. For more information, visit the LSUAgCenter.com or contact your local Extension office.